Hi, and welcome to the At Peace Parents podcast. I'm Casey, and I'm here to empower you in your decision-making as a parent of a demand-avoidant child. My goal is to share insights that will generate aha moments and support your connection with your child. I'm a mom of two amazing little boys, one of whom is PDA, and I've worked with hundreds of parents just like you to teach them how to lead their child out of burnout and find the clarity, peace, and sense of community they need. Why don't PDA kids like chore charts or why can't they handle chore charts? Today, I'm going to talk about chores, laminated charts, routines, and responsibility with PDA kids and teens and why it can be so confusing for parents. And I'm going to do something a little different today. I'm going to tell my son's story with chore charts, laminated pictures, um, and routines and behavioral charts. And illustrate what I've learned through that experience, because I think it will help us get clarity on some of the nuances and show you guys like the points that I got confused at as well. We moved from Washington, D.C. to Michigan when my son had his crisis or what I now understand as nervous system burnout. And at that stage, I was working through the lens of sensory processing disorder. Um, I was working through the lens of of sensory processing disorder. And so I did not understand. I had never even heard of PDA. I didn't think my son was autistic. However, I was trying to employ some of these strategies that are recommended when kids have trouble with transitions, when they have trouble with behavior. So all the familiar ones like using sticker charts, rewards and you know consequences and also like laminated pictures to help them understand like first we're going to do this then we're going to do this then we're going to do this and the premise of that is that the root cause is that my son either wasn't understanding the way i was communicating or his executive functioning wasn't understanding sequence and like what happens when like first we turn off the tv then we get our backpack, then we put our socks on, then we get our shoes on. But he would like run away and climb on the back of the couches and he would climb like on the window sills and edges of windows, which is like a very clear flight response, but that I wasn't aware of at the time. And so, you know, we would have this daily battle of like me trying to get him to sit down and look at the laminated chart and like me pointing like, look, this is what we do first. This is what we do second. And he was like, you know, just completely fleeing me. And, you know, it would every single like choice point through movement towards his little school was a battle. And he would just go into full on fight fight or flight. But again, I was still thinking it was just just sensory processing disorder. Um, Two months later, everything shut down for, and he was not in like a formal school setting for over a year. But the first four, four months of the pandemic, I was trying to replicate like a school setting with routines. And I actually laminated these little caterpillars for him. And at the time, my one and a half year old, so they could like move through the day and like, 
we would sign in with our pencils and then we would, you know, at 930, move our little caterpillar and then go outside. And you guys can imagine like how this was for my son's PDA brain, because every single time I was like, okay, we're going to do this. Then we're going to do this. It was perceived as a loss of autonomy and equality because I was the one who was deciding. So he obviously was like, continually having these huge meltdowns, which I didn't understand because I was like, well, what's the sensory issue, right? What's the sensory difference? But it wasn't that the root cause was not sensory, right? It was the root cause was the perception of equality or autonomy happening on a subconscious level, right? So at that time, I was still working through that lens of like, okay, like, let's laminate, let's organize, let's have routines. Like, I remember the laminating, it's like traumatic, but I remember laminating like superhero figures that he was into and like trying to incentivize him to do things or give him little stars and stickers. And there was just like enormous resistance, as you guys know, because it's setting off the fight flight response. Okay. And then I read about PDA and I was like, oh, okay, I need to stop doing this. Okay. And then for like about a year, we didn't do any of it. And that's like part of his burnout healing. But then he went to the public school, which is rife with chore charts or not chore charts, but like sticker charts and comparisons and, you know, like behavioral ranking systems. And so I would notice this in his school that they actually had an app that would rank the kids in terms of their behavior and every child was completely aware of it and he would come home and have panic attacks about it but he couldn't control his body right yeah covid homeschool was the breaking point for us it was for many many of us it was sort of like a petri dish that we all had of like you know we have no other variables going on right like there were so many other things where i was like oh well maybe it's something going on at school or maybe this maybe that but once they're home with you right like you can't unsee it and then okay so i'm starting to understand like oh any type of ranking comparison you must do this at this time is absolutely the antithesis of what's helpful for his brain. But that's part of the reason we had to take him out of the public school, because no matter how much we tried to articulate to them, like, can you not rank his behavior so that he's ashamed in front of all of the other kids in the class? They just couldn't let go of it, right? So we reached a breaking point about like three, two months into my son's what was it first grade year we decided to switch to a private montessori school and give it a try but at this point i was like i don't know if this is going to work at all like i had told him if you do not want to go to school we do not have to go to school because he was like cycling in and out of panic attacks we had just gotten a service dog and i was like this is not worth it so i had made the mindset shift of like my son's never going to go to school and He's never going to do chores. I'm never going to do sticker charts, etc. The reason I'm telling you guys this is because I'm going to get to the point, which is like he now does chore charts. And I, I want to like tell you how he got there. <laughs> Not because I want him to, but because he chose them. The only thing at the Montessori last, school last year that set this part of like 
the chore chart sticker chart trauma off was in his gym class they had to do this like heart health fundraiser and all the kids were compared to each other for how much fundraising they did and like it's also against a lot of the Montessori values which are supposed to be like collaborative and not competitive but you can imagine that like for a PDA kid, they feel like they have to participate, but they're so anxious and their nervous system is so activated from constantly feeling below every other kid who's fundraising more than they are, right? So like this was a whole event that happened with us where it's like, oh my gosh, the heart, the like fucking heart health fundraiser is the worst thing ever because like he's been able to avoid this part of his brain being set off in this great school setting, but now they have this stupid gym class that's setting it off. But it was like so clear to me that like, yes, this type of thing will always set off the threat response because of the perception of the loss of autonomy because someone else says they have to do it and equality because you're constantly competing. And by the way, I like was such a helicopter mom. I would like, emailed like every family member and I was like please donate hundreds of dollars because I can't tolerate this amount of stress <laughs> and some did so we got through it this year he has decided not to do the fundraiser and I'm thrilled because he has much more self-awareness now a year out but one interesting pattern one interesting pattern that I've seen and I've heard from parents and you guys ask about it so I want to talk about it here is that sometimes these kids really want a chart right they, they're like i want a chore chart and i want to earn allowance or i want to have like this way of tracking my progress and it can feel so confusing after you've learned how the brain works because you're like well isn't that just like a representation of a loss of autonomy because you have to do what the chart what the chart says but one thing I've learned from my son and from other families I've worked with is that if they decide organically, like, hey, I saw my cousins have chore charts and they get to earn allowance. I'd really like to do that, mom. Can we do it? Then it's like they're starting with autonomy, not just consent, but like they came up with the idea. And so you're in a totally different ball game, right? You're operating in a totally different sphere. Because once my son did that, then he would adhere to his plans of like, okay, I'm going to be nice to William, which is one of his chores that he set for himself, like stop equalizing for an hour and play with William nicely walk the dog so we have a service dog and like for a year and a half he has refused to walk the dog and it's been our responsibility each week like he'll pick something else but the key here is it over time becomes an internal demand or an internally perceived loss of autonomy and as parents we have to make the mindset shift of like really letting go of the outcome of like great like you want to do a chore chart amazing so let's collaborate on this idea. And if your brain feels like it's too much, you can just drop it and it's totally fine. Or we can share the demand and I will help you with it, right? And so you're giving them scaffolding and accommodation within this structure that they've chosen, right? And I just wanna share it with you because it's such a huge win in our family. Not that he does chores, but he has 
allowed it's allowed him to focus on like learning to walk the dog every day. And so he and his dad go to the dog park every day together. And what he has done while he's there has come up with the idea of starting his own business, right? Cause he sees all these other dogs and it's a special interest. And he's like, I want to earn money. And so he has just like together, right? Like we've made a, a laminated, <laughs> a laminated sign. I know the lamination would come up again. Made a laminated sign and put his dad's cell phone number on it and like the price of, of like how much it costs for him to play with the dog and snuggle with the dog and give the dog food and take it to the dog park, which is right next to our house. And of course, my husband goes with him um, and he had his very first client, uh, eight month old. German Shepherd this weekend. And like, he just was walking around the house being like, I have a job, I have a job. And I was so proud of him. But if I hadn't been flexible and allowed for some nuance in this idea of like setting a chore for yourself and a routine and having a structure, then it wouldn't have allowed him to get there. And the reason I want to mention this is twofold. Like first to show that like there is an evolution, but second, it's not binary, right? It's not like, oh my gosh, sticker charts in and of themselves are the devil and we need to burn them, right? It's the way that they're used with children and the way that they perceive the energy around them and the way that we use them to like use rewards and sanctions and control versus like a child gravitating towards something like I want to work towards this. Can you help me? Let's collaborate on it. And I want to hold myself accountable. So I just wanted to share that story with you because I think it's positive. I hope it makes you feel like more hopeful. I mean, it took us like three and a half years to get from climbing on the backs of couches and the trauma cave of the dark depths of the pandemic to like he is now with the help of his parents doing his own little entrepreneurial venture, right? And it's just so hopeful. And second to show like, there's so much nuance with so much of this. And I didn't understand it until I got further along in my journey of like, no, it's not just about like lowering all demands. It's so much more about autonomy or, oh, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Let's identify the bathwater and throw that out, which is the like imposing things. Thanks everyone for being here with me at the At Peace Parents podcast. This is your source for all things related to understanding, supporting, accommodating, and advocating for your PDA child. To go deeper on any of these topics, check out my course offerings and masterclasses at the website www.atpeaceparents.com. To completely transform the way you think about and relate to your child and to bring peace and stability to your home, join us for the next cohort of the Paradigm Shift program.